And I think when you've done a longer distance, you know, like in my head, I was like, okay, I've done a 50, I've done a hundred K. You've got four more miles. Like just do it. Dizman's radio episode 714 starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, real quick, today's episode of the show brought to you by the folks over at Exoskin to make, you know, as I've talked about before several times, super great socks, uh, compression tights, compression shorts, uh, all the way up to the top, you know, shirts, compression shirts, long sleeve, short sleeve, no sleeve, all of the things. I think they've got arms, arm sleeves. If they're not, they're, they're coming. Um, so lots of, lots of great products from, from Exoskin. And one thing I didn't know that uh, I've just now learned, which I think is a pretty important fact, something that would have been nice to have known before now. Uh, they come with a 30-day guarantee, meaning get it, wear it, don't like it, send it back. Uh, I don't know how many other clothes, clothing manufacturers offer that, you know, uh, where, where you can get it, wear it, and, and clearly have worn it. You know, no big deal. They Exoskin stands behind their, their product enough that they want you to get it. They want you to try it, run in it, uh, because they know you're going to like it, or at least most likely you're going to like it. And if not, they don't want you to be unhappy. They want you to send it back. They want to give you your money back so that you are happy. So if you've been on the fence, not sure you want to check it out, um, here's here's a great reason too. Money back guarantee uh, and all the things we've talked about before. So check it out. Exoskin.us is the website. Don't forget to use the code DISRUNS at checkout. Saves yourself 20% as well. So Exoskin.us. And now let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey, guys. I've uh, been bumping into today's guest in various Facebook groups uh, over the past few years and, you know, having some conversations and, and you know, doing some doing some interacting and uh, needless to say, you know, obviously we haven't had her on the show yet. And uh, so this conversation is, is definitely long overdue, but better, better late than never, right? Uh, today's guest is definitely uh, comfortable hanging out in the, the mid to back of the pack. Um, and from what I hear, that's pretty much where all the fun happens anyway. So maybe I should try hanging out back there a little bit more often. Um, she's also a big proponent of good running form. Uh, which I'm sure we're going to get into a lot of today, uh, and has been a chi running instructor for almost a decade now. It's, it's coming up on, uh, I think, nine years or just over nine years at this point. So uh, still going strong, helping people with their form, which is obviously something that's uh, kind of important. So without any further ado, it's a pleasure to be able to uh, to join Miss Lisa Pizzoni today for uh, a few easy miles. So thanks for joining us, Lisa, Lisa and uh, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's really about time that we have this conversation. So yeah. excited to be here. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, and certainly looking forward to it. And uh, guys, if you want to check out more about what Lisa's got uh, going on and her website and all of the things, uh, therunninguniversity.com is the website and Facebook and Instagram. The handle is uh, the same in both places, which always makes it easy at the running university, all, all one jumbled letter, jumbled mess of letters, one jumbled <laughs> String of words, no dashes, no underscores, nothing tricky. Just the running university on social media, therunninguniversity.com. Uh, and of course, we'll have everything linked up in the show notes, just like we always do. So if you're out on the go, can't write it down, can't scroll up or can't find it on the go, disruns.com slash 714 is a link that'll take you back to today's show notes with all the links and photos and good things there as well. So Lisa, the way we always start off each episode of the show is with uh, the same very simple question 
that, uh, as I as I often say, can can be simple to answer, and for some people, it can be a, a little bit of a tricky one to answer. Even though the question itself is simple, but it's just to simply ask: What is your favorite distance to race, and why? Uh, so interesting because it is an easy and not an easy answer. Uh, I would have told you a while back that the half marathon was my favorite distance until I started ultra running. And once I got into trail running, now the answer to that question would be the 50K. Uh, I've only done a couple longer ones in that, but I love the 50K distance because I don't know. I'm not really sure. I just love to be out on the trails for hours. And for me, that gives me the opportunity to do that. I like to get lost in nature and just be out in nature. And so training for a 50K allows me the time to do that. And then finally, the race itself, of course. And it's just it's just I don't know. That's my favorite distance. Hey, that's that that works, and and I suppose you know, kind of like we hinted at in the, in the intro a little bit, and and uh, know from you know some of the, the conversations we had before this that uh, you know l- like to be kind of back of the pack. I think you, you said your first uh, fifty mile finish, you came in like ten or twelve minutes before the the cutoff. I suppose with a fifty k, that gives you even in a lot of cases, at least maybe not every case, but a lot of cases, there's probably a fifty mile going on. There might be a hundred k or even a hundred miler going on at the same time. So you really have as much time as you want when you're quote unquote only doing the 50k to just be out there and and really enjoy yourself exactly it's funny because i usually normally will look for 50ks that have a longer distance after them so i know that i have that time so yeah definitely and actually just to correct you because Uh so oh only because it was 12 seconds not 12 minutes oh (laughs) i I read the numbers wrong yeah so you you, you got your full time worth definitely (laughs) yes yes i always say i'm getting my money's worth so literally i mean i was you know, it was my first 50 miler. It was an Antelope Canyon. So gorgeous scenery. And I had a friend with me who was faster than me, but she said she'd pace me up to the 40 mile point to make sure I could get through the aid stations. Mm-hmm. And yeah, pictures and aid stations and, you know, this and that. And yeah, literally the cutoff was 15 hours. I did it in 14, 59, 48. So 12 seconds to spare officially the last person who came in um, under the under the cutoff. Right, right. Well, well, let, let's uh, since since you know, happy coincidence. I, I didn't. I promise, I didn't try to get that uh, get that wrong. But uh, <laughs> since, since you did, and, and kind of to correct even more, you know, being twelve seconds instead of twelve minutes, what was what, was there some stress? Was there? I mean, you know, I was thinking twelve minutes. Like, yeah, you could have taken your time a little bit more, but you know, like like comfortable t- to whether or not you're going to finish. But twelve seconds. That's that's cutting it pretty close. Obviously. Yes, it actually was something I wasn't realizing it was that close probably. And I had another pacer, one of my friends came to pace me. And it was when we were at the last aid station at this point. And, you know, I'm kind of wrapped up into the the Nutella and the tortillas and they have Mm. Coke and they have bacon. And I'm like, wow, this is awesome. And my (laughs) friends are like, we got to keep moving. And literally the last the last bit of it, you had to run across this stretch and you could see the finish line. And I can hear my friends cheering me on from there because literally the clock was ticking. Mm -hmm. So the last, that last bit was definitely very stressful. I've not had, which just could lead into a whole other conversation. I've not had a DNF yet. Uh, so, uh, and I wasn't prepared to have one on my first 50 miler, but yeah, I definitely, at the end, it was, I don't like to stress that much. So that's why I like the back of the pack. And I do like the 50 K distance knowing that most of the time I'm going to have plenty of time to just finish whenever I want to. Yeah. I, I, um, you know, I don't know, I, I guess fortunately, although not, not trying to sound, you know, anything other than just, just, you know, making a point, but like, I've never been, you know, that close to, to an end or a cutoff or getting swept or anything. There's my, my second race. Definitely. I was, 
I was in the the neighborhood uh, of of potentially being in trouble. I think I, I finished with. Uh, maybe 20 or 30 minutes to, to spare on, on the marathon finish at, at, at Disney, my second one. But uh, I can only imagine, like, I don't, I, I don't know. I guess maybe I can't imagine just what, just what that must feel like of, like, you know, it's one thing to, like, yeah, I, I know I can do it. I can, I can cross the, the, the finish line. But to have, you know, have the clock literally ticking, not from a standpoint of I'm trying to be as fast as possible, but, like, I got to stay in front of this, this target. Um, and especially, I mean, if you didn't know, and then all of a sudden they're, they're, you're fi- figuring out right towards the end, um, whew, that would be, that would be anxious moments, I'm sure. Yes, definitely. And it, it wasn't my only, actually, I did a 50 K a couple, was it last weekend? <laughs> Time flies a couple weekends ago. And I was training people for this 50 K. So I definitely was hanging out with them as I was moving along. And I tend to take my time. This was only a 50 K when I say only there was no other distance. Mm. You have 10 hours. That's it. And I've done this three years in a row, always finish between, between the ninth and the 10th hour. Again, mm-hmm. there's an aid station where the hash house Harriers are manning it and they have alcohol. So I hang out there for 20 minutes. <laughs> right. This is my this is my idea of back of the pack. Like I'm not in a hurry. I'll hang out here. But literally, it was four miles to go. I'm at the last aid station, and all of a sudden, they're like, you know, whatever it was that I had, and I'm like, holy cow, you know, I'm like, I'm not going to make this. Like I literally finished within five minutes, and that was again very stressful. It's that point of okay, well, I can DNF, and it's not going to be the end of the world. But I made it this far, right? You know, right. DNFing because you have an injury or there's some reason that you have to. And I'm I'm assuming the audience knows DNF means do not finish, right? And you know, so you know, I think for some, it's definitely a stressful thing. But you know, at that point, I was like, I'm I am going to finish. But, you know, <laughs> it's not a place that I normally like to be in that close. Let's yeah, just put it that way. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would imagine. Because, I mean, you know, like you said, part of the reason that you, you, you're having fun, you're, you're talking with other runners, and you're stopping and, and shooting the breeze and, and having a couple of drinks maybe at the, at the aid station. Like, like, yeah, I mean, you know, that, that's, that's what you're in for. That's what you're trying to do. So, yeah, you don't want, want that stress. When, when, you know, you're in that situation, whether it's, it's 12 seconds or in this case, you know, five minutes or whatever the the final tally exactly was um when you realize that like oh shoot like things are things are a little bit tight um you know do, do you like you know at that point you're you're already you know whatever in this case you know you're you're 27 28 miles into a race or you're you're 45 46 47 miles into a race like how much are you able to turn it on I guess at that at yeah. that point because it's not like you're you know making this move from the beginning with when you're fresh you're already tired you've already maybe had a, some some lots of things to eat or drink or whatever like like how does that kind of happen that's actually a good question because I was I was with somebody and after the fact on this last one a couple of weeks so they were like I can't believe like all of a sudden you just got all this energy and you just went for it <laughs> and I think that's exactly it is when I'm running I very rarely am going all on out right so I know we're going to get into the technique part of it but I feel like my technique helps me save a ton of energy mm-hmm. and I'm never really very rarely am I in race mode so when I say I'm doing a race I am doing an event I'm participating whatever. I do have a few that I like to try to race in PR, right? So I've got a handful of those. But generally speaking, you know, I'm not doing it to race. So, you know, when you just get to that point and you realize it's like, oh, shoot, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, again, you've got to get to the point of getting it together. And so I just literally and funny on this one, I had the, the medical guys 
um, coming up behind me. They were in their little ATVs and I was walking and it was downhill <laughs> and I never walked downhill. And the guys were like, really, you're going to walk downhill. And I was like, dang it, what am I doing? <laughs> but it is, you just, you just have to, I think it's because I don't go all on out. So I definitely have energy to go. So I never really expend all my energy at any point in time and max out. I, I had four miles to go and I was like, I could do this, you know? And I think when you've done a longer distance, you know, like in my head, I was like, okay, I've done a 50, I've done a hundred K you've got four more miles. Mm. Like just do it. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. That, that definitely helps is having that, that little bit of extra confidence that like I've done, I've done worse than this. I've done more than this. I've, I've pushed on with my legs are, t- are more tired than this. So yeah, so it helps to. Exactly. So more mental, even I think at that point too, you know, yeah. you just have that mental aspect where you're like, I could do this. Come on now. Definitely. You're talking to yourself, you know, a lot yep. of that going on. <laughs> oh yeah. We've certainly all, all been there. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> um, how did you get started in running, Lisa? Is, is this something that's always been kind of part of your life or, or where did you kind of stumble down this rabbit hole that, that leads to where we are today? Actually, funny story. Uh, my mom used to be, uh, so long story, but I'll cut it short. Uh, I did fifth through eighth grade in Italy. So I'm first generation mm-hmm. Italian. Uh, we went back to Italy and my mom used to race. This was back in the, back in the day, <laughs> early eighties, late seventies. And she was one of the few women. So she would always come back with trophies or whatever. So I always thought that was cool, but I've never like, I, I ran a little bit then, you know, as a kid, mm-hmm. you do it in PE, whatever. Um, never really got into it. Didn't run at all as far as as, um, you know, in high school or anything like that, I was never the track athlete. And then, um, long story short, I worked in the corporate world. I got laid off and I had lost weight with a trainer. So I got into personal training and, um, you know, obviously as a personal training, you're promoting health and wellness. And I did a lot of walking. So I love to hike. So I love being out on the trail and I love to walk. So I, I used to do distance events like the breast cancer three day walk. So you're walking 20 miles, three days in a row. Um, and then at some point you just get to the, you know, like, well, what's next? Like I've been walking now, I've been hiking. What's the next step. And that's when I started down into running. And that was back in 2008. And, you know, dabbled, kind of read about the pose method. And then somebody gave me the Chi running book. One of my clients gave me the Chi running book. And um, I read the book. And then really everything kind of went from there. The Chi running book had a huge impact, obviously, professionally and Mm -hmm. personally. But yeah, I mean, I started running uh, in 2008. So in my late thirties, I was not one of these. And that's the other message I like to get to people. Cause sometimes people are like, Oh, well, I wasn't the track star. I'm like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You just start running whenever, you know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's very true. And, and it's always, it's always nice to, to, to every once in a while you hear the story on, on, you know, social media or, or wherever, where it's like, yeah, you know, somebody started running when they were 50 or, or after they retired, they started running. And it's like, and then, then you can always use that too. Is like, Hey, you know, so you're, you're 32 or whatever, you're 38. Like, it's not too late. Like just, just get started. Right. Exactly. Like it doesn't matter. And you're about, you know, we need to move like our bodies need to move and it doesn't matter whenever that epiphany happens. And I think running is such a great, like there's so many reasons and, you know, just so many reasons to run and enjoy it. And, and once I just delved into it, I mean, I literally, my business was more personal training. It was called easy fitness solutions. And it's the last five years that I really, you know, honed in and niched into running. Cause I just think it's like, it's a growing sport. Like, mm-hmm. you know, all these fun runs that are happening, like people getting into it, but a lot of people are getting injured too, you know? So I'm kind of on a mission to change the bad rap that running has, um, you know, and getting people to do it. Cause it can be so much fun. It's my social life. I mean, right. right. Oh yeah, certainly. I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, and, and funny, I didn't even know this until just now, but I was, I was the same way where I kind of started in personal training, um, and had this passion for running and it just kind of started to be more, you know, closer to 50, 50. And then pretty soon it was like, you know what, like 
not that I dislike the personal training, but like I like running a lot more. And right. you know what? If I can if I can make that the sole focus of of business, then that's then that's what I want to do. And and you know, it's it's uh, like you said, it continues to grow, and which is awesome. And and I totally agree. We're 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 made to move, and the more we the more we move, whether it's running or, or whatever, whatever floats your boat. But you're we're talking to runners, so obviously we're, we're all right. in the same boat here. Like just keep going, keep going is is the name of the game. Right. Exactly. So you, you mentioned uh, kind of in the beginning there uh, with with the introductory question that you know before you got into ultras, kind of the the half marathon would have been your your favorite distance. So I'm assuming that that kind of leads then that kind of the, the early days of your running career were were more on the roads and in kind of the the five k, ten k, half marathon range. Yeah, I think I definitely want to say I started out. I think most people. I ha- I don't know that I've met anybody yet who started out on the trail. You know, right. I think that's the general progression for people. As you get on the and the funny thing is, is for me, it's always been like, oh, I dabbled into five Ks and I'll never do more than a five K. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, there's a ten K and a half. And I want to say a full. I mean, I've done several fulls as well. Um, and then at one point, so I used to say that cause I'm the biggest klutz in the world. And people say that to me all the time, because I'm, uh, I always say, you're going to drink the Kool-Aid. Like I need to get you on the trail at some point. Cause that's my mission in life mm-hmm. is to get people trail running, but you know, started out on the road and I I was like, I'm never going to run on a trail. Like there's no way I'd kill myself. And then it's like, I start running on a trail and I'm like, Oh my God, this is amazing. And then same thing with night trail running, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's night trail races. And I'm like, this is crazy. Why would anybody do that now? my absolutely favorite way to run is on a trail at nighttime. I love, and you know, I live in Arizona, so it's hot. Right. And in the summer, that's really probably one of the best options, you know, if you want to keep moving in the summer. But yeah, it started out on the road, you know, up to marathon distances. And, you know, there's probably still a couple marathons that I'd want to do bucket list type stuff. I tried to get into New York this year and it didn't happen, um, you know, with the lottery. But for the most part, trails are my jam. Right. <laughs> I just love <Right>. trails. <laughs> Talking about night trail running, which is something that uh, I've I've not really uh, gotten into, and and um, you know I've I've said several times that I wish I lived you know somewhere where quote unquote real trails were because here in in Central Florida you know and it's one of those grass is always greener type of things because we actually sure. have some some pretty decent trails to run on, but most of them are in like uh, you know county parks that technically are closed you know basically mm. from, from sundown to sun up you can you know you could always hop a fence or do those types of things but it's kind of a little sure. a little dicey but we, we do have one trail that is open i think they they open it you know technically opens at like 5 30 in the morning so you can get out there while it's still a little bit dark I, I did this once or twice but like man it was definitely a whole new world of like all the sounds and all of the the things yeah that, like, that when it's daylight, like you hear a little rustling in the in the the you know grass next to you, and you're like, you don't think it's probably an alligator, you don't think it's probably a, a water moccasin or something that like could you you're, like it's a little lizard or it's a squirrel or or whatever. Um, right. But when it's dark, that same little rustle, it's it's a twelve foot alligator every time. You know, even though it obviously <laughs> never is. Um, so all that to say, you know, like you said, you know, kind of finding out about nighttime trail running the first time and like, wow, that's that doesn't sound like something, and now all of a sudden it's it's something that you really enjoy doing. How is that that progression? Because I'm, I'll, I'll admit, I'm still, uh, I love the trails. I'll get on the trails when I have the opportunity. But uh, if it's, if I'm going out at four o'clock in the morning to try to beat the heat and humidity, I'm, I'm ninety nine point nine percent. I'm sticking to the roads where I don't have to worry about. I, I guess I have to worry Wildlife. about traffic, which is more dangerous, than, arguably more dangerous than an alligator. But, right. uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm comfortable exactly. with that danger. So how did you get into the nighttime trail running is what I'm trying to ask. Yeah, about. you know, it's kind of funny because I think, and it is true, like we always have to say the grass is greener. Like, you know, I live in the desert and we have one of our major uh 
uh, companies that does races here, Aravipa Running, which you've probably heard of the Havelina 100. Mm-hmm. They do across the years. They do some international, you know, qualifiers for UTMB. And so they're pretty, they like are, the night series starts next week. So they'll have an entire series of races. So it just happens to be readily accessible to us. And most of our parks are open, you know, they can, they, they'll stay open till 10 o'clock at night. So you can get out on the trail at like eight o'clock at night. So I think it, it really might, but honestly, so this is the first thing, because this is, again, me having people drink the Kool-Aid and how they start, because they're like, well, what about the critters? Mm-hmm. I go, well, when I'm in a race at the back of the pack, there's a bunch of people in front of me. They've scared everything already. So <laughs> I'm not really worried about it, you know, and I definitely will not go out on a night trail run by myself. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have alligators, but we do have rattlesnakes, right. like which are kind of out in and, you know, now they're basically coming out because it started heating up for us. So, you know, there is that. And I think that's it's that's the reason why it's a little scary. So it's kind of exciting, scary. But then at the same time, like you're out in nature, you know, like sometimes there'll be a full moon and all you can hear is your footsteps. Like I hate to say it's almost like a really wild spiritual experience. Like you're just running out in nature. Like I start thinking about what if I was back in the day, you know, right. just running out. But yeah, I mean, there's definitely, you know, and then you got to get used to like what headlamp do you get? And there's, you know, a little bit on some of the technology pieces, but we're just really lucky that we have have, um, you know, and we have some really good, uh, trail companies that will actually do group runs. Like they do group mm-hmm. runs every Wednesday night, Aravipa does. So you kind of get, you get to train at nighttime and then you get to, you know, quote unquote race at nighttime. Well, and, that, and that's, I think that's, that's a great way to do it. Instead of me just, you know, hit, hitting out to the trail, getting there right at, at five fifteen or five thirty, um, to where I'm, I'm, am completely by myself and of course nobody's gone through the trail ahead of me to like clear out the spider webs and things like that so like i'm wearing all the spider webs and oh, right like, just, <laughs> just not uh not not my my one experience doing that wasn't the best but if i had you know if there was a group that would it would definitely yeah. make, make it a lot easier i think yeah and then you're kind of going through the webs together <laughs> yeah right right or you, you just you just go ahead you just go ahead I, i'm gonna hang back right. just a little bit you, you clear everything there you go there's the secret yeah, right right <laughs> Um, so, you know, one thing, oh gosh, I had it and just lost it, whatever. We'll, we'll just keep moving on. That's, that's kind of how things, things work around here. But, um, oh, I remember what it was. And actually first I hate, boy, this just got real clunky, but it's all good. We're going to keep it in. Cause that's how we roll. So, uh, before we get into kind of some of the form stuff, cause I definitely want to change, change gears and get into that and, and make sure we have enough time to kind of get into some of those, those topics pretty in depth. Um, want to take a second and pay a couple of bills and, and have, uh, Croy talking about back on from, uh, uh, exoskin, uh, to talk a little bit about kind of why, um, exoskin is, is might be the, what you need and, and kind of some of the real big features, uh, from his voice instead of from my own. So Croy, take it away. Well, very simply, it's a couple key points. It's performance, it's comfort, and it's our guarantee. Now in terms of performance, we solve the problems that other apparel either creates or fails to manage. Chafing, blisters, hotspots, and odor. And we back all our apparel by a 30-day money-back guarantee. So that means you buy it, you wear it for 30 days, you don't like it, I'll give you your money back. So what's the risk in, in giving us a shot? Yeah, definitely not uh, not much of a risk, guys. So once again, exoskin.us is the website. Make sure you use the code DizRuns at checkout. Save yourself 20%. Although if you, if you decide to take them up on the money-back guarantee, you're not going to get that extra that 20% savings back. You know, it's going to be the same amount, but I can pretty much guarantee that uh, you're not going to want to give your stuff back because it's good. And I can also vouch for that uh, 
passing the smell test. I've gone, I think I've gone about two weeks with, with a pair of socks. Um, and they just kind of hide out in the, uh, in the kitchen and my wife doesn't say anything. And she's got, she's got a smeller that, that works overtime. So if they, if they started to stink even a little bit, uh, she would, she would be complaining. So definitely check it out. Exoskin.us. Use the code DizRuns at checkout. Thanks, Croy, for, uh, for helping us out with this one a little bit. Appreciate it. So, so Lisa, like, like we said, you know, Chi running is, is a big thing for you. It really kind of is a, is a huge focal part of your, your, your business and kind of helped get you into, to, I, I, at least I'm assuming, maybe put, drawing some, some conclusions here, but kind of has been a big part of your running journey in, in general. And, you know, being an, an online coach like I am, um, it is one of the most frustrating aspects of, of working with runners is the fact that, you know, I can't, I can't be there to see. I can't, I can't. Um, you know, see, see form issues that maybe would be easy to correct or things like that. And so with that in mind, we're going to talk too much about form here. It is kind of leaving something to, to the imagination, which is, which is problematic. And, and so I think we can preface whatever we're going to say about form and chi running in general, or, you know, more specifically that the best bet is to go see somebody, work with someone, take a, take a workshop, take a class, uh, something like that, where you have some people that can help and kind of put you in the right positions and help you feel what is quote unquote right. But, um, you know, you mentioned that, uh, one of the first books you, you read the, the pose method book and you got the, the chi running book, um, kind of early in your, your running career, at least in your running coaching career. Um, what drew you to, to the form side of running and, and run coaching right off the bat? Cause I feel like, I don't know, for me at least it was something that not that I took forever to get to it, but it was like, I'd gotten into some more of the science maybe and, and some of the more physiological and, and things like that first. And then it was like, kind of like came upon some of the form stuff, but, but how to come you or, or what was it that, that drew you to that side of, of the sport and coaching to begin with? Yeah. Um, a really good question actually, because that is weird. Like, I don't think most people, it really ends up being an afterthought for a mm-hmm. lot of people. Like you just kind of figure, I just put one foot in front of the other and well, what else could go wrong, you know? And so I think it's actually what got me started initially. So I went to a fitness business summit in California, I think it was 2007 and they were promoting this easy eight running camp. So it's kind of like a franchisee type thing that you would have like a fit body boot camp or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I was like, Oh, and so they, promoted the pose method. And I think it was just part of that program. So, you know, I learned a little bit about the pose method and, you know, I'm like, okay. And then, and then again, one of my clients gave me the chi running book and I get delved into the book and I was like, oh wow, there's a lot more to this, you know, and as a personal trainer, I think, uh, you know, that's always, I'm an ASM certified. And so form is huge, right? I mean, form is huge when you're, when you're working somebody out, because if you're doing things the wrong way, then it's not really as helpful. Right. right. So that's kind of how it started. Is it just, it kind of landed in, in, and now that's why as somebody, when I meet new runners, especially because they just don't think about taking that step. I think you get on a Facebook group and everybody's talking about all this stuff. And until there's an injury, Mm-hmm. You know, the form doesn't even come into it. I think it's usually the injury that's like, oh, well, this is happening, you know, and people usually go to shoes. I'm like, it's right. probably not really the shoes. <laughs> it's probably how you're moving, you know, so that it kind of became my big thing. Like I won't, I do, I do two training online, but most of my clients I also see personally. So I have that luxury because that does make me feel better to know mm-hmm. I can actually watch, you know, see what they're doing. But I think, you know, form can make or break your running journey. And to me, it's like, especially if like most of my people are the underdogs, as I call them, they're maybe a little overweight, or they're a little older, their bodies aren't moving as well, they haven't been moving all their lives. And so to really get that form in your body first, 
And then you can worry about the speed and the distance, but learning how to move properly, you know, is just going to make it so you're more likely to keep running where, you know, you might get an injury and you start. And that's the first thing that people think about, like, oh, I'm too old. Mm -hmm. I'm overweight. Running is just not for me. And I call BS on that to anybody because I think anybody can run, barring any other major disabilities or physical issues. But I think anybody, if they learn how to run properly, can run. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and I, I think I've told this story a, a few times, um, but I'll, I'll give you at least the, the abridged version. So we, we're kind of on the same page. But, um, you know, when I was when I was kind of getting into running, I was I was at the point where I could do, you know, three, four five miles without much of an issue. But anything beyond, you know, five or six miles, it was like knees and shins and, and a little bit of ankles and everything was just hurting. Um, you know, and it was the whole ice and, and give it a couple of days and then run again. And, and, and that cycle. And, you know, my background is in athletic training. So like, I, I knew how to take care of the problem, but it was, right. it was trying to like, it got to the point where I was like, I was sick of taking care of it. And like, let's just figure out how to prevent it. And, you know, long story short, it was, it was a form change. I was, I was a, a terrible overstrider, you know, forceful mm-hmm. heel, heel striker, um, and ended up, you know, kind of drinking, drinking some of the, the shorten your stride, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of ultra. Yeah. I think I really had kind of come to this before I, I came across ultra, which, you know, we're, we're both in the mm. ultra ambassador red team group now as well. But, um, you know, all, all that to say, you know, shorten the stride and, and really solve. I mean, you know, I, I, I don't even feel like that I need to knock on wood. Like I haven't had any shin splint issues in 10, 10 years or so now. And I've, credit that to, awesome. to a better stride and, and better form, things like that. Um, yeah. So, so, you know, just throwing that out there, like you said, with, with injuries and like, you know, a lot of these, these repetitive use, uh, kind of common running injuries that we see aren't maybe always a hundred percent form related, but that's a, it's a great place to start with the investigation. So if, if, if somebody's listening and, and again, I know this is, is a terrible kind of question to to ask or to maybe to discuss in an audio only. And, and, you know, with the, the caveats of, you know, everybody's different and, and all of those types of things that we all kind of know. Um, what are some, some signs maybe that, that you might have if, you know, somebody listening to this runner going, you know, maybe, maybe my form is part of my problem. Maybe, maybe I could see some improvements there and, and should, should look into chi running or some of the other options out there that might, might help me improve my form. You know, what, what are some of those signs and symptoms that might be a, a little light bulb going off? Like, Hey, maybe, maybe you should check out your form for you. Yeah. So I would definitely say, I think you nailed it. So one of the first things, you know, I do video analysis and so, and I can see when people run, people are overstriding. So the Mm -hmm. biggest things that I see is people overstride and they land heel first. So when people are like, you're running into the ground, you're going to hurt yourself. Most people really are running into the ground. They're overstriding, their heels landing out in front of their center of mass Right. And so that impact to the ground is what's going up through. You think about the joints in your legs, your Mm -hmm. ankle joint, your knee joint, your hip joint. So just like you said, shin splints, calf issues, Achilles, plantar fasciitis, um, you know, most issues are lower leg issues. So in chi running and, you know, other forms of running, I think there's kind of this big platform of running technique. And generally speaking, whether it's natural form, you know, ultra has their form, which is all pretty similar. Right. You know, the idea is to get your body aligned. So you need to get into good posture, you know, and you always want to keep your center of, of mass. So in chi running, we kind of get into that chi aspect of it. So we start talking about your dantian, which is where all your energy stored. But it's basically physically the center of your body mm-hmm. and you want the center of your body to be moving ahead of your feet. So you shorten your stride and cadence is the other really big thing that I think people could, um, you know, they don't realize it, but having your cadence at 170, 180, which is 
all running forms, I want to say, recommend that cadence. And most people that I see are running at about 155 to 160. And so the slower your cadence, the more ground contact time you have. So you kind of feel like I call it the flat tire, you know, whereas if you as soon as you start just picking up your feet faster, you're not um, you know, you don't have that long of a ground contact time and you're not, you know, spending all that time into the ground where you're running across it instead of running into it. So, you know, most issues are lower leg issues. So I think shortening the stride um, and just keeping your feet under your center, which feels weird when you first mm-hmm. start. Right. I always say it's harder for me to train people that I've been running for 10, 15 years. And when I get a brand new person, because a brand new person has no bad habits. Right. <laughs> You know, and it's hard to change what you do with your body, you know. So I tell people, if you've been running for a while, it's going to take a little bit of time. But lower back issues are sometimes come up, and a lot of that has to do uh, – knees, of course, you know. Knees are really a big function of heel striking and overstriding. So, you know, really just in getting that posture down. So, like, just quickly, you know, as you just lift through the crown of your head, you've been to a yoga class or whatever, that's – you know, so you're just getting your your posture nice and tall and just falling forward from your ankles. You know, I say that basically it's I teach that in a four hour workshop. But, right, you know, right. But, but generally, I think those are the big keys is like, you know, getting your cadence up a little higher and shortening the stride. Um, so. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, it's 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 one of those things, like, like you said, I mean, it's it's easy to say and we can we can say it in a couple of minutes. But um, mm-hmm. especially for those uh, that, that have been running for a while. Um, a, a form change is going to feel unnatural. It, it, it's, it's, um, you know, I, I feel like it's a, almost a buzzword, at least for, for me of, you know, it's, it's a process yeah. like, talking about heart rate training, talking about building towards a marathon or an ultra or a PR or a BQ or whatever, whatever it might be. It, like it's a process and, and it's, it's, a, it's sometimes a slow process, but you, you got to keep making, making that slow and steady progress. Um, when, when it comes to, uh, you know, somebody who's trying to make form changes, um, again, going back to, to my, my little story, like once I kind of realized that this might be the thing that I needed to try to, to tweak and change, um, it was, it was months before it became probably six or eight months before it became fairly automatic where it was like the second my mind would wander and I wasn't focused on keeping my, sh- my stride shorter. Sure enough, I'd start to overstride again and, and start to feel that, that pounding. So, you know, somebody who's, who's thinking about making a, a form change, like in your experience working with, with runners, how how long do these types of, of changes take to really become second nature on a, in a general term, at least? That is such a good question, because this is actually the other thing that I love very specifically about chi running as we do, you know, use the word we use the word practice kind of as, you know, uh, a buzzword, but it's true. So, you know, yoga is a practice. Tai Chi is a practice where, you know, sure, I chi run to train for events, but it's the process. And so in chi running, we have about uh, it's really a mind body practice and you have to work at it. It's, you know, so I'll tell people at the beginning, depending on how often you practice, the more you practice, the quicker you're going to feel it in your body. But I think a lot of that is individual depending on how long you've been running before, you know, what your issues are. Like sometimes people have genuine like body mechanic issues and I'm like technique might help you, but you really need to go to a physical therapist and you got to work on some of this stuff because it's, you know, this is really going to affect you in the long run. Um, so a lot of it really, I think it really just depends on the person. Like I've seen people, you know, start right away, but it's hard. I, and I, I 
always tell my my experienced people that, you know, it's going to be frustrating. And the funny thing is, is in she running also, we talk about alignment and relaxation, right? So ultimately, you're getting your body aligned and your arms and your legs are as relaxed as possible and along for the ride. Well, you can't really be relaxed when you're trying to effort and make something happen in your technique, right? So I tell people that's part of the quote unquote process, as you try it, you try it, you're forcing the short stride, you're forcing it. And then before you know it, the muscle memory will happen and it'll become much more second nature. Um, but I think the more time that you put into it, the quicker it will happen. Right. But but you have to focus on it. Just like you said, if you're not thinking about shortening your stride when you first learn about it, your body is going to go right back to the to the same way that it was running because that's that's what it knows. It's used to doing it that way. And that way feels maybe better just because you're used to it, not necessarily, you know, less prone to injury or anything. But it's just practice, practice. We always say practice makes progress. Mm-hmm. Like Danny Dreyer is the founder of Chi Running, and we changed the instructor manual three times since I've been an instructor because he practices – still when he runs and he'll make tweaks to the form like, Oh, well here, this is a better way we could teach this. Cause it's, you know, th- I had this aha moment while I was running. So that's part of the fun for me is I'm focusing on something. And even after learning it since 20, you know, I've been certified since 2010 that I can still have an aha moment while I'm working on my arm swing going, Oh, whoa, that felt cool. You know? So. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I, I think that uh, I'm probably safe to say, but obviously correct me if I'm wrong, that, that not only, uh, you know, or at least I, I would say, as as we get older, as as our bodies change, as we as we lose weight, gain weight, get stronger, uh, whatever, you know, th- th- you're going to find some little subtle tweaks and things like that that are going to work better for you, but still be within the the umbrella of of good form. Right, exactly. I mean, you know, and I love like I'll just take this weekend, and I always have to kind of say this, right? Because as a chi running instructor, I am not fast, and part of that is by choice. Like I truly just don't care to mm-hmm. work that. I just don't want, you know, I'm good where I'm at. But Danny, who's the founder now, he's going to be 70 years old this year. He just did the cherry 10 miler and he averaged like an 824 pace the whole time. And he's going to be like 70, (laughs) right? I'm like, I can't even like imagine keeping up with that. But yes, the more, you know, it is, it's like the more you practice and, and it is, you could be in a different space one day and our bodies do, they change daily. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's fun for me to me, part of the, the process of the mind body practice. It's like, I go to yin yoga to do a mind body practice, but I could do that while I run too. Right. Right. One of the things that I get some, some pushback, a fair, a fair bit of pushback to be, to be quite honest, um, is, is when I'm, when I'm preaching and I, I do get a little preachy sometimes about, about training easy, you know, keeping your easy runs easy, whether you want to call it firm heart rate, math tone training, 80, 20, mm-hmm. whatever. There's, there's some, there's some variation in there, but, but I'm, I'm a huge proponent. I've seen how it has helped me. I've seen how it helped, you know, a lot of the, the athletes that I work with that run easy on your easy days. But where, where the pushback tends to come in is, is people will say, hey, I'm, I'm trying to slow down, but it feels so awkward. Like my form just goes all to hell. I start to have all these aches and pains and, and issues that, that I wasn't having when I was running what felt quote unquote easy, even though the heart rate's up into the 150s, 160s for a quote unquote easy run. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe this is more me asking for, for my own self. Like, how can I help these people? How, like, what kind of, you know, if, if somebody's trying to slow down and they feel like, their form goes to hell in a handbasket when they slow down. How, how, how do you, from a form perspective, like address something like that of like, like, cause good form doesn't necessarily change, but it does change a little bit when you're trying to go fast versus slow. So, so how do we, we go about that, that issue? 
Yeah, that's a really good question because I I know that there are times like there's just this zone for me where it's like, you know, again, maybe it's my training pace, whatever you want to call it. And when I have to slow my pace down, it starts feeling like just more sloppy. Like I know exactly what you're saying. So a couple of things. So in in my group and and, because there's chi running, there's also chi walking. And obviously as an ultra runner, I I do a lot of walking while I'm, you know, I'm hiking, you know, so there's, I I use chi walking technique so I can still focus on my technique while I walk. So if I need to bring my heart rate down. Um, But the other thing, and this is pretty unique to chi running as far as the cadence goes. So in chi running, the way to get faster is, you know, if you get into alignment and I'm making a long story short again, you're kind of just leaning forward. The more you lean forward to a certain point, because at some point your legs have to hold you, right. you know, gravity is going to be with you. So you keep falling a little forward, you relax your legs more. And then, you know, it has nothing to do with cadence. So what I try to do is have people still try to keep that 170 cadence, even if they're running at a slower pace. So in chi running, your your speed comes from you're lean for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. not from how fast you're moving your feet. So I can be at 170 cadence while I'm in a warm up pace or a race pace. Like the 170 to 180 is, is, does not manage how fast I'm going. It's just how quickly I'm picking up my feet. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally does. And one thing I want to throw out there, just, just so it's clear, I, I'm, I'm I feel like you mentioned it, but maybe I just heard it in my own head that, that you mentioned it. But the, the lean comes from the ankles, not from the waist. Because we've all seen those people that, that are bent forward at the waist and like, no, that's, that's yes. not what we want to be doing. Right, exactly. And you know, even when you see you get a line, you get nice and tall, right? So like if even somebody was listening to this and they're standing and they just stand up and they lift through the crown of their head so they can just feel like I always say you're a puppet on a string, you're lifting. I can do this. I mean, I'm seated in my chair and then put your attention to your feet and you're like a trunk of a tree that's going to get ready to be chopped down. So if you got chopped at your ankles, exactly what you're saying, your entire column falls forward. So your entire center falls in front of your feet. And that's exactly it is that you're so if you start leaning a little more from your ankles, you'll start picking up speed. But at the same time, you have to be able to relax your legs for the road that's coming at you a little faster. Right. right. So ultimately, it's about relaxation, which, you know, that's the hard part. Right. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, that it's not like I'll see people either be too straight up. And when you're you don't want to be too straight, you want to have a little slight lean or the bending at the waist because they hear, you know, you want to lean forward. Right. But yes, yeah, not bending at the waist. It's from your ankles. Thanks for clarifying that. We might have said that, I think, earlier in the conversation. Yeah, I, I, think, it, I, good... think, it, I think we did, but I, I just don't want to just yeah. gloss over that. I want to make that, that point real clear because – Yeah, again, no, that's important. Yeah, and it's one of those things, I think, where you know, people listening and, and, and even myself, when I, when I first read She Running several years ago, it was like, well, yeah, no, no kidding. But then it's like – I think about it. It's like, yeah, I've, I've been guilty of leaning forward at the waist before. So you know, you got yeah. to try to remember to st- stand tall and then lean from the, the, the ankles a little bit, which, which sounds awkward too. But, but it is, it is you know, like you said, like a, like a tree. I mean, just kind of starting to lean just a little bit. That's, that's a great uh, visual for people. I, I, I hope yeah. it is. Yeah, I hope so, too. That's the one I I like to use a lot with people because, you know, a tree trunk is not going to bend in the middle of it when you're cutting it down. Mm -hmm. The whole entire thing falls from the, you know, falls from the bottom, from the roots down. So, so kind of maybe getting getting to that point of of getting close to to wrapping up, uh, Lisa, but but a couple of of things, maybe trying to tie some things together. So one before we even got started, people don't even know this, but but we know uh, we we had a little (laughs) bit of uh, some tech issues where kind of the the moral of the story was, you know, if, if it ain't broke necessarily, don't don't always try to fix it. Right. Um, so, so what about the person who's listening to this going like, I don't feel like my form is terrible and I don't feel like I'm having any issues, but you know, maybe, maybe there would be something that, that I could do that, that could improve my form, which could help improve my, my race time. And, you know, you mentioned earlier that, you know, with, with 
being able to pick up the pace at the last handful of miles to, to make sure you finish in front of the line, uh, in front of the, the, the finish time, maybe that has a, probably has a fair bit to do with the fact that because you're running in good form, you're, you're conserving energy and able to, to kick a little bit at the end. So to, to the people that are listening, you know, I feel like we've kind of at least started to maybe the, the conversation of if you're having some problems, maybe check your form, things like that. But to those listening that that haven't that don't aren't really having any warning signs and alarm bells going off that, that are telling them that the form could be improved, um, but maybe that like I said their their goals are to to get faster, run farther, whatever. Um, is that something that that we should leave well enough alone? Should we should we still try to improve our form? Like like where do you stand on that from a from a coaching perspective of your form's not maybe not causing any problems, but you know maybe could it be be better still? Yeah, that's a really, really good question. And I have a personal rule that I will only train people who learn chi running because obviously that's my thing, right? Um, and I always say you don't know what you don't know, <laughs> right? right? And my favorite hashtag is always learning. So, you know, I always say that there's, you know, there's a bunch of free stuff on the internet. So, you know, if you need to go that route, then go that route. But I mean, I always think that there's always something you can do. Like I've never tried heart rate training. I've heard of it. I have the Maffetone book. Um, a lot of the chi running instructors use it. I think I probably do it maybe fairly naturally naturally, but I've never done it. And it's kind of out there. Like as a coach, that's something I would like to tackle someday, but just haven't worked around it. So I think, you know, and I think this is one of the philosophies of chi running and what I like about, you know, running as a practice is again, you don't know what you don't know. So what could you learn more about running, you know, whether it's form related or learn how to do heart rate training or how's your nutrition affecting you? I mean, nutrition's a big, you know, impact, you know, can I learn how to do negative splits or can I get out on a trail? You know, so so to me, like anything that's going to get you out of your comfort zone, I think is a good way to push yourself as a runner, because I think we can get into that rut where you're just doing, you know, the same thing. But I, I, I don't think you could ever do anything wrong by investigating form. I mean, I think you can be, I mean, you know, we like to look at the elite athletes when you see them, you know, running Boston and running all, and you know, you can still look and nobody's perfect. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think, you know, what is it that you don't know that you could be doing that might just make you that more efficient in your running economy, which then efficiency translates into speed or distance or better recovery time, you know, so the more efficient you can be, why not try to be as efficient as you can be? Yeah, that's that's a great. It's my philosophy. <laughs> I, I love it. I think that's that's a great uh, a great way to to not even mess with any more question on that that line of front. I think that's that's a perfect way of of thinking about it. And you know, maybe I'm going to still add on to it. I don't know, but like you know, you you pick up a book, and even if you don't go all in on on chi running, if there's one thing that you can learn in there that's going to improve your form a little bit, kind of feel like that's still worth it, right? Or you know, you, totally. you go to a workshop. Yeah. Like if there's one thing you can take away, like it it, it paid for itself over the next. 10, 20, 30 years of, of running in your life. Of your running life. Absolutely. And the other thing too, to plug, not just to plug us as coaches, but you know, there was a great uh, article once out by Trail Sisters, which uh, maybe we'll get into that real quick or whatever, but I'm an ambassador for Trail Sisters. And it was exactly, you know, most people think that it's elite people that need coaches. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, like hiring a coach to help you with your running is one of the best things you can do because we have the experience, we have the knowledge, we have the background, and we can figure out what it is. Like, what 
is it that you need, whether it's form related or whether you're doing something, you know, that you want to get faster and it could be more like how you're running or people don't know what to do with a training plan. There's so many out there online, Mm -hmm. you know, get it customized, get a coach to help you. So again, for me, ultimately, this is about longevity. I mean, if I drop dead on a trail when I'm like 95 years old, awesome. Like I want to run for the rest of my life. (laughs) Right. And anything I can do to make my running sustainable as long as I can, I want to do that. And so if it means if technique, which I think is a big part of it, then that's, I'm going to keep working on that. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Um, you know, and, and again, to, to play off of that a little bit, like you go to, go to the tennis club, go to the golf course. Like it's, it's everybody that, that works with the pro that, that gets the lessons. It's not just the, the scratch golfer or the, the semi, semi pro, uh, tennis player. It's, it's the beginners. It's the ones that are looking to take the next step. It's, it's everybody that can always learn something. And yeah, again, not to plug ourselves, but yeah, I mean, there is, there is some benefit if it, if it, you know, not, maybe not yeah. always for everybody, but there's, there's reasons that you don't have to be just, you know, uh, uh, Olympic trials qualifier to think that a coach would help you. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, as, as we're wrapping up there, Lisa, um, I, I love to kind of close with something similar to the introductory question. So something that's, that's fairly simple and, and straightforward, um, and just kind of give you the kind of the last, the last word on, uh, like I said, on a, on a fairly open ended question. Um, so I'd, I'd just be curious, you know, at this point in your life, uh, as far as, you know, obviously running is a big part of your, your personal life. It's a big part of your, your professional life as well. But, uh, I know for, for myself and not, not with running, but in some other things in the past where it's like something that I used to enjoy doing and now it's part of my work. Like I kind of don't enjoy it as much. Um, thankfully running hasn't, and hopefully never will, will become that burden as well, where I still enjoy running for myself and still enjoy working in the run in the running field. But, but for you, um, why, why do you continue to run? Why, why is running continue to be a passion for you, even though it's also now part of your, a big, a big part, maybe the, the predominant part of your, your professional life. Um, why is running still important to you from a personal perspective as well? Yeah, good question. So if I just completely took out of the fact that I'm a coach and I own a business and this is what I do for a living, you know, I just think um, it just makes me feel good. I mean, there's a love-hate relationship with it, right? I mean, so I think everybody can relate to that love-hate relationship. But again, I can just get out on a trail and A, I know I need to exercise. So if I'm going to do something, and this is as a fitness trainer, just like you said earlier, you know what, if running's not for you and you like to do Zumba, whatever, do whatever it is that you love to do. Running may not be for you, but pick something. Um, and I just love, you know, I, I love how it makes me feel when I'm out on the trail. And then I'll, you know, there's so many reasons, but then it's like, well, I love food. I'm Italian and I love beer too. <laughs> right. So, you know, on those days where I'm running more, that means I get to eat up more calories. So sometimes I say I do run to eat and drink, you know, nothing like a good craft beer after, mm-hmm. after a long race. Um, and it's social for me again, outside of the business part of it. Um, you know, I organize a group here called running for brews. We run a 5k and then we have beer and we get happy hour prices, Mm -hmm. but it's very social. I love to connect people. I just love to be around people and running tends and running actually could do both. Right. I used to be very much a social runner. And now because I do this for a living, I love my solo runs. I mean, that's when I focus on my technique. That's when I'm doing a lot of my mind body work, Mm -hmm. but it just makes me feel good. And I just, I I do, again, there's a love hate relationship with it, but, um, I love it. It's just fun. (laughs) Yeah. I I think you got a lot of, a lot of people nodding their head right now going, yep, I, I love it too. So, uh, like, like I said, yep. I, I think that's a great a great place to kind of wrap up. And, and uh, certainly, once again, guys, want to encourage you to check out what Lisa's got going on, especially if you have some form questions, some chi running questions. Uh, no better no better resource uh, than, than Miss Lisa. So check it out. Uh, TheRunningUniversity.com is the website. Once again, Facebook, Instagram, at TheRunningUniversity in both places. You can find, find, find Lisa there. Ask your questions. 
lots of resources on our website, checklists, PDFs, videos, all of, all of the things, uh, the running university.com. And once again, disruns.com slash seven one four is the link that'll take you back to the show notes. If you're out on the go, can't remember that's where you, that's where we'll connect you with everything that Lisa's got going on. So, uh, Lisa, thank you for, uh, for taking the time. Uh, like, like we said before, well overdue. Um, let's not wait. Uh, I, I'm going to make it a point to myself to not wait another 700 and something episodes to bring you back and do this again at some point. Um, so if, hopefully you're, you're up for that, but, uh, thank you yes. for the time and certainly wish you nothing but the best going forward. Thank you. Same to you. I really enjoyed it. It was fun to finally, finally get this out. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between Lisa and myself. And as always, I'd be curious to know what stood out to you from today's conversation. What was something that we talked about that uh, that's, that hit home just a little bit more for you? For me, as you would probably guess, um, had to do with the form stuff. Has to do with with the the value of working on on your form and improving your form. Um, and and you know, kind of like we talked about towards the end, the idea that even if your form isn't an issue, there may still be things that you can do to improve. You know, as far as maybe your form isn't an issue that's that's resulting in injuries, but maybe there's something that you can do to still Im- improve your form, which is maybe going to improve your running economy or, or you know, glute activation or whatever it is that's going to lead to more growth within the sport, running faster, running farther, whatever whatever the case might be. Now, I I, I don't necessarily go all in on any one type of, of form work, you know, specifically in Lisa's case, I mean, she's, she's big on chi running and, and I don't have anything wrong with chi running. Uh, certainly not. Um, but I, I don't, I, I think that good form is good form and you can call it what you want. You can call it chi running. You can call it the pose method. Um, there's a handful of other, uh, things out there, books and, and courses and things like that. Um, you know, I think, I think that at the end of the day, it really comes down to, uh, making sure you're landing beneath your body, which is something we talked about. You know, shorten your stride. Don't be landing out in front on a, on a straight leg, but land with your foot underneath you. You know, whether that means your heel striking a little bit, whether that means your forefoot striking a little bit, midfoot. Th- those details aren't as important as we talked about before, in my opinion. And I think that there's a little bit of, of val- value and, and expertise and science, in my opinion, as well, uh, as landing with your foot underneath your center of mass, underneath the, the center of your body. Um, so shortening your stride, extending out behind you, leaning forward from the ankles, not from the waist, standing tall at the at the hips. Um, all those things are, are kind of the, the key components of good form. And if you, if you get those things taken care of or find ways to try to continue to improve them, um, it's, it's going to be a good thing. It's going to be a good thing. So maybe it's going to a, a, a form clinic. Maybe it's going to uh, a chi running clinic. Maybe it's, it's sending me a video of, of your running form and asking for some, you know, kind of using that as the basis for maybe a consult call or something like that. And some, some things that I can try to address from, from afar, but I will say that addressing from afar is not nearly the same thing as addressing in person. So, um, you know, if, if you have form questions, I can try to help you and I'm happy to try to help you. But if there's somebody in your area, chi running or otherwise, that is going to probably be the better, the better option just because there's, there's nothing like seeing in person that, you know, when, especially when it compares to seeing on an iPhone video, uh, from somewhere around the world. So all that to be said, form does matter. Form does matter. Um, and if there's ways that you can improve your form, it's probably going to lead to some improvements on the road, on the trails, on the track, wherever it is that you do your, the majority of your running. So don't ignore your form. 
Um, but don't don't just make dramatic wholesale changes just to make dramatic wholesale changes either. It's it's a happy balance and it's a little bit tricky. But uh, that's my takeaway. Form matters is my takeaway. What about you? What stood out to you from this episode? Let me know at DizRuns on Twitter, at DizRuns on Instagram. Of course, you can send me an email, DizRuns at gmail.com. You can also head over to the show notes for today's episode, disruns.com slash seven one. What is the number here? Seven one three. What did I say? What did I say earlier? Come on, Diz, get your stuff together, figure it out, wait for things to load, fill the air. Seven one four. Disruns.com slash seven one four is a link for today's show notes. Head over there, get all, all the links to, to Lisa's stuff, connect with her, and while you're there, leave me your thoughts and feedbacks and takeaways as well. So before we wrap up, just a quick a quick update on the fundraising uh, situation. We are closing in on $500, which means we are closing in on uh, 12, 13, 14%, something like that of, of the fundraising goal. Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back a couple episodes in your feed to the special announcement episode. I'm doing a charity run uh, in January, two charity runs, actually, the Goofy Challenge at Walt Disney World. Uh, and in order to try to encourage you, entice you a little bit to uh, open up your wallets and support the cause of the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society is part of the team and training, which is or who I'm running for as part of team and training. We're running for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Uh, I'm willing to suffer for your support. So check out all those details of uh, at least one, possibly three treadmill marathons that I'll be doing in the next few months. If you can contribute to the cause, it would uh, certainly mean a lot to, to me, uh, mean a lot to the people that the, that the Leukemia and Lymphoma, Lymphoma Society support as well. Try to say that. Twice. Try to say that one time fast, let alone multiple times. Uh, but if you want to support, if you haven't done so already, disruns.com slash goofy. Thank you to everybody who has contributed so far. Uh, your generosity is very much appreciated. Um, like I said, we're, we're past the 10% mark. Um, and if we can get some, get some good numbers in by the end of the month, we've still got a couple weeks left. Um, I'll be I'll be doing some more suffering for your pain. So uh, all that information, disruns.com slash goofy. Uh, and anything else you want to do to help support the show, share it, talk about it, blog about it, podcast about it, whatever it is, all that stuff's appreciated. Uh, supporting the sponsors, supporting Exoskin, exoskin.us. Use the code DizRuns at checkout. And uh, until next time, please be well. Take good care. Thank you again for listening. Certainly appreciate your time, your attention, and taking me with you wherever it was that we went today. Uh, but until until we meet again, be well. Talk soon. See you guys.